Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
How's it going, everyone? You're watching and or listening to the Belly Up Fantasy Live football show. Of course, as always, or at least most of the time, I'm joined by Justin Herrera at SemtexMex93 on Twitter, uh, Chris Dauhauer. Uh, of course, I'm your host, Adam LaRue, at LaRue Adam. It's been a fantastic weekend of football, and we are going to talk all about it and the week to come. Um, we're gearing up. We're, what, a week or two away from our halfway point. Um, you know, going by quick, but we're getting there. Um, boys, how are we doing? Pretty good. Looking at Justin showing off the guns tonight. <laughs> yeah, definitely right here. <laughs> Adam, oh, looking great. Looking great. No, nah, doing good, man. Um, freaking just excited to get this going. Yep. yep. All right. Um, so how, how's everyone's fantasy teams doing? We we doing well this season. We we chalking it. How are we feeling? So I'm three and three in both of my leagues right now. Um, and I can't seem to get consistent where I, I do great one week and then I'm pathetic next week or I face somebody who just has a ridiculous lineup, such as this week in my one of my lineups. I faced Leonard Fournette, Robinson, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, so that was real fun. The worst player in his lineup was A.J. Brown, so that tells you how my week went. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of my dynasty leagues were, were really gearing up for a push and, of course, the Kareem Hunt injury is going to make that a little difficult. Um, hopefully, Michael Thomas will come back soon to offset that a little bit. But it looks there like that's going to get pushed back a little bit further than hoped, um, which we'll, I'm sure, talk about later. Uh, Justin? Uh, I'm kind of on the fence. I'm kind of like where Chris is. I'm Most of my <laughs> teams are three and three. I'm lucky if I got a couple uh, four and twos. I have one five and one I'm super proud of. But, I mean – I lost Russell Wilson in that league, so I'm kind of just streaming quarterbacks at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm proud of that one with the the five and one. You know what I'm proud of most though <laughs> is the uh, the two and four that started one and four, and we just led the the league in scoring <laughs> to make it to two. It's and always four. fun. It's always so fun, we're, right? We're co- we're gonna come back. We're bringing it back. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, always fun to play the Texans, right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so we are going to, to jump right in to our week six review. But before we do that, of course, we've got a read from Manscaped. It's football season, baby. You know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time you join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. It's three and out the window with all other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. As the world is starting to open up, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find their brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, Performance Boxer Briefs, and the Shed Travel Bag. Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for a great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BELLYUPFANTASY. Stiff arm your poops out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped. All right, Chris. Uh, 
you want to uh, I love Manscaped that up. promos. <laughs> They're the best. They're the best. <laughs> of course. You ready to follow that and up a great with, product uh, too. <laughs> with Thursday night football. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I'm going to kick it off with a Thursday game. We had the, the Bucks take on the Eagles. Uh, talking about Tom Brady keeping it smooth in the fourth quarter. It didn't really happen for us there. Uh, Brady kind of underperformed in this game. Um, you didn't get quite what you're hoping for out of him versus putrid Eagles defense, but he was still solid out there. Um, the person he basically featured most was Antonio Brown. This is the second week in a row. Into, second, second week in a row that Antonio Brown's been kind of leading receiver for the team. Mike Evans saw a lot of Darius Slay. That's why he kind of struggled a bit. Um, and, you know, Chris Godwin continues to be a PPR machine, but not doing much else for standard league scorers. On the flip side, at the running back position, Leonard Fournette continues to impersonate his Derrick Henry impersonation out there, uh, scoring two touchdowns, bludgering you know, the Eagles defense, which used to be good against the run, and also catching a couple of balls out there. He didn't really see Ronald Jones. He didn't really see Geo. So this was Leonard Fournette's backfield, and that's pretty, pretty interesting moving forward. Who knew Leonard Fournette was going to be such a steal this year? On the other side, got the Philadelphia Eagles, who don't really love to run the ball for some reason, even though they have a bunch of running, a running quarterback and running backs. Uh, Jalen Hurts basically saved you again. He threw, was extremely inaccurate. Uh, played against a, a tech, secondary in Tampa Bay that had basically nobody. Richard Sherman got hurt in this game. Um, they, it's, this is going to be a defense you definitely want to face more often than not. Except for you, Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen Hurts did run in a couple touchdowns in, which saved his season or saved his week again for Jalen Hurts owners. Uh, second week in a row, you're basically relying on this guy's legs, but that's kind of the cheat code in fantasy football. Um, receiving, you saw Devonta Smith really struggle. I think everybody, everybody kind of expected him to have a big game. He really didn't have that great game. The person who kind of went out on a bang was uh, Zach Ertz before he got traded to Arizona. Um, Zach Ertz said it was had to have a touchdown. He looked slow as he did last year to me, but he still managed to be the only tight end out there primarily because Dallas Goddard was out with the COVID. Um, I think the one thing we're excited about moving forward is should be Dallas Goddard's tight end position moving forward. So hopefully he'll be a guy that you should definitely have in your lineups week in, week out. Except for we always worry about Jalen Hurst actually throwing the ball you know, accurately to him. Um, nobody really still did too much. Quaz Watkins had nine targets. Um, sorry, five targets. Um, he was definitely more involved. He saw a lot more three-receiver sets this week. That's probably going to be the Eagles' kind of, you know, primary 12 personnel be what they use a lot more now that I got rid of Zach Ertz. Uh, Miles Sanders, I mean, as Eagle fans were kind of making known, actually got some carries in this game. Actually looked good. Um, he actually got nine carries as a result of that. We didn't see any of Kenneth Gainwell, who's basically, I guess he's taking his turn in the doghouse right now. Um, so a lot of people kind of like him as a sleeper going into this game, and he you know, definitely wasn't there for you. So overall, the Eagles didn't do a whole lot offensively. It continues to be a Jalen Hurts show. and But we did get some signs moving forward with Miles Sanders owners because he looked good out there. Maybe, just maybe, Soraya will actually run the ball moving forward. <laughs> You know, you would you would think that you would ride the running back that's averaging more yards per carry, uh, or at least did in this game, than the quarterback that throwing the ball uh, yards per attempt. But I just love the Eagle fans' reaction, <laughs> like they won a Super Bowl when he got a carry. It was like, oh my god, this this is all we're asking for. Yeah. Like, how dumb of a coach can you be? The entire the entire stadium is just mocking you because you actually used one of your best weapons on offense. I, uh, I think the worst is that we're celebrating nine carries. <laughs> exactly. Even even Troy Aikman, as clues as he can be, he was like, um, why don't they use Miles Sanders? I thought he's one of the better players they have. Right. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Six point two yards and he still can't even get ten touches. So against Tampa. Yeah, and, I know. Yeah, he, still, he still can't get enough carries. Still can't get it. 
Hey, how'd you feel about OJ Howard? He made an appearance. Yeah, that was a good point. Um, we didn't see a whole lot of camera break. OJ Howard definitely kind of you know jumped out there. I think for a lot of the receiver owners, such as myself, we were kind of frustrated. Like, why are you out there? Go away. Um, but yeah, OJ Howard looked healthy too. Uh, he had yeah. six catches, forty nine yards, seven targets. Uh, Gronk is supposed to come back sooner than later, though, so I wouldn't get too excited. I still think this is a situation that you kind of want to kind of be you know cautious with because Cameron Bray still had four targets himself, so this isn't going to be like the OJ Howard show moving forward. Uh, I said similar about Njoku uh, a week or two ago. I don't really remember when, but when he had that big game, listen, I don't, ago, think yeah. this is, I don't think this is signs of uh, things to come for his fantasy season this season, but in Dynasty, give it a week or two once this is kind of you know out of your, your recent memory. And I, I'm all for buying because I think he is a good player. I think he had showed well. I don't think he's going to do anything in this offense, but give him some time, let him move on. You know, yeah. I, I think oh, that's a great really point. Interesting. As far yeah, as I think he definitely could be. He is a free agent this year at the end of this year. So there's opportunity for him to kind of maybe go to a team like the Colts. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> So at 9.30 in the morning, we got split again with football, except for it was football in England, which means there's bad teams probably playing. Oh, yes, there was. Jacksonville and the Dolphins. <laughs> Start off with the Jacksonville side. Um, Trevor Lawrence looked better, had a decent game, had 300, over 300 yards passing. Um, this Dolphins defense is another defense you definitely want to try to match up as much as possible against because their secondary is just is decimated. They can't stop the run. All uh, James Robinson have another good game, had touchdown, had 73 yards rushing. Um, I, I had to eat my words to James Robinson in second week or third week on the show. I told you to get rid of the Jacksonville Jaguar players because James Robinson is going to be worth anything. He's definitely one of the better running backs you can own right now, top five in scoring. So James Robinson continues to show out. Um, we saw Dan Arnold kind of be disappointing. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I frozen. Uh, you still, you still hear me though. Okay. Oh yeah. Can so still hear you. You're good. At least you're you can still hear me though. Um, yeah. Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold was. I think a lot of people expected a bigger game. He was targeted a decent amount of times, but he just really wasn't able to get it going. Did have a couple of big drops. I think that's part of why he couldn't really get it going. Uh, Marvin Jones had a resurgence in this game. He had kind of disappeared for the last two games. He was back on track with seven catches for 100 yards, scored a touchdown. He's somebody that I think that you know you continue to kind of want to have in your lineups or have as an option in. Your, on your roster because he's going to continue to be targeted a lot in, in, for Jacksonville. In the last two games to me were more aberrations. And part of that was that Jacksonville really wasn't using the receiver personnel, how you kind of expected them to. So we didn't see as much as Tavon Austin this game. Thank God. 
Um, but we also saw Lister Chenault kind of actually be used more in a slot again. So he got back on the board. I think he had, what, five, six – yeah, six catches, ten targets. So that was good to see. Uh, Jamal Agnew might be somebody to kind of keep your eye on. The second week in a row that he's been heavily involved in this offense. And for PPR purposes, this guy, you know, is getting four or five catches a game. He has to be somebody to kind of have on your radar right now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. On the Miami side, Tua returned, um, looked good, had over 300 yards, had two touchdowns, had one bad interception, but overall you'll take it. Was scrambling around, ran for a couple yards, at 22 yards rushing. I think he's somebody that you can definitely consider streaming, especially against certain defenses. Um, he's going to be productive. It's obvious the Dolphins don't want to run the ball, and Tua is going to pretty much be the, the guy that kind of carries them. He's definitely an improvement over Jacoby Brissett uh, throwing-wise. So you saw kind of you guys be effective. Uh, Gusecki was very good, which was a lot of people's kind of curiosity. What would happen when Tua came back? Would Gusecki kind of go away? I think that was a little bit overblown. Um, Brissett didn't really target Gusecki a whole lot more than Tua did in the beginning of the season. It just seemed that way because they had nothing, nobody else really they were throwing the ball to. Um, but Gusecki did have nine targets, had five or eight catches, 115 yards. So you can continue and have him as an option in your lineups. Um, Jalen Waddle had a nice little bounce back. Kind of struggled last couple of weeks when he had big games, uh, just exposed to Jacksonville defense, another defense, where especially the slot position that you really want to try to target if you can because they're just really poor out there. Uh, Jalen Waddle had you know, 10 catches, two touchdowns, or 13 targets. Um, I mean, he was definitely effective. The one thing I kind of hope at some point that I'm go down the field because I thought Jalen Waddle used to be a burner, and I didn't realize he turned into like a glorified Taylor Boyd out there. Um. <laughs> Matt Collins was involved in this offense, and and he might actually be a little bit somebody to kind of look at moving forward until Preston Williams returns, until Devontae Parker returns, because I talked about this Dolphin defense. They're not good, and they're going to throw the ball pretty often to kind of be in games. Um, in the backfield, I think you're kind of, you know, you saw the return of Miles Gaskin doing nothing for you, and that was probably very disappointing for a lot of people out there. They thought maybe he turned a corner last week. No, that was just a mistake. Because here comes Malcolm Brown out there again. Um, he was getting, he basically seems that if this Dolphins game, Dolphins are close, they're going to use Malcolm Brown. If they're not, they're behind or they're losing double digits, then you probably won't see Malcolm Brown that week. It's hard to kind of guess unless you know like you're playing a really good juggernaut out there. So Miles Gaston is still a guy that I really think is going to be a hard guy to kind of continue to roster and continue to figure out when you actually play him. If you can get something of value for him, I try to dump him by you guys. Um, other than that, nothing else really to kind of talk. You did see Durham Smythe have be involved in this game. I wouldn't get too excited about that. Like I said, this is a Gusecki show for the most part. This is Durham Smith having a decent game is more the result of them having them playing Jacksonville and then also having absolutely no running game and no other receivers to involve. Yeah, I mean, they were using their tight ends as, as receivers uh, quite a bit in this game. I, I think Gasicki probably had more snaps out wide uh, uh, than in line, if I had to guess. Um, yeah, and he also played a lot of slot. And you talked about that at the beginning of the season. When they line up in the slot, that's when he's usually the most effective. Mm-hmm. All right, so our next game was the Bears in Chicago. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still does own Chicago, as he pointed out towards the end of that game. Um, he rushed for a touchdown. He threw for two. He wasn't anything spectacular in the air. Only had 195 yards passing. Part of that was due to the fact that they were up most of this game. He really didn't have to throw the ball a lot. Um, it's also a part of 
to kind of keep this in mind moving forward. Chicago and Green Bay play really slow paces, so you're not going to get a lot of plays in some of their games, particularly when they play each other. You saw something similar with Cincinnati game. You know, it went overtime, so that kind of inflated some of the stats out there. But Green Bay's pace is way slower than it was last year, and as a result, you're seeing a lot of guys not producing at the same rate they were last year, mostly Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Jones had a decent game, had 13 carries, six yards, was involved in the passing game, had four receptions, scored a touchdown through the air. Uh, Aaron Jones is kind of back to what he used to be last year. Still going to be an RB1 for you, somebody you want to have in your lineup, but maybe not the type of upside where you think he's going to be that, you know, superstar running back. You're not going to Christian McCaffrey back there, you know, in any kind of way. A.J. Dillon's going to be a good flex option moving forward, even though he wasn't really involved in the passing game this week, uh, despite what their coach talked about. He definitely was still out there kind of to finish the game. So a really physical runner. And as he gets colder, it's going to be more a pain in the butt to tackle that guy. Devontae Adams was kind of, you know, quiet out there. Could have had a really big game. I uh, did have 89 yards, but he stepped out of bounds also on a big play with could have been a touchdown over 100 yards. Yes, I have Devontae Adams on my, one of my teams, so yes, I'm better. <laughs> um, but he looked good otherwise. He didn't really, like I said, they didn't really throw the ball too much in this game, so that's why he really wasn't that super involved and only got five targets. Alizar did score a touchdown, had five targets. I wouldn't get too excited about that. I don't think anybody is Green Bay receiving cores. Anybody you want to watch or target. Uh, Van Scatling is due back this week as well. He can come off the IR, so I wouldn't go chasing Alan Lazard out there. On the other side, Chicago, uh, Justin Fields almost reached 200 yards passing. Um, they actually had to open it up, and he did throw for 174 yards. Did have a touch, did have a pick. This guy, Kyle said, Jalen Hurts to me out there right now. I can't read defenses and missing a lot of easy throws. So you're going to kind of hope that he actually uses his legs. And this week he did a little bit more than he has the first two weeks. Uh, first three weeks, I should say. Uh, six carries, 43 yards. That's going to give you a floor you kind of look for. So if you can kind of look for something like this moving forward, particularly in games Chicago going to trail a la probably this week, uh, Justin Fields might be somebody that you can actually have in your lineup for streams, particularly if you have guys on by. Al Robinson was involved a little bit, uh, had seven targets, had four catches, 55 yards. For him in this offense, that's probably equivalent to about 100 yards, um, but unfortunately it doesn't really help us in fantasy-wise. Um, but Al Robinson does look to be okay. He's not somebody – I think people are getting really panicky about him. He's a guy for me I think I would buy low, and I think you're kind of seeing him trending in the right direction. The targets are there. There's nobody else to really steal the targets. It's just a matter of time until Justin Fields is more comfortable out there and starts completing some more passes. Uh, Cole Clement got actually more involved in the offense. You know, four catches, 49 yards, had five targets. He's still a guy that, while I like his talent, he's not a guy I necessarily would like because I just think there's not enough volume in his passing game right now to kind of justify two receivers. Speaking of a second receiver, uh, Darnell Mooney did have lead the team in targets, had eight targets, had five catches for 45 yards, scored a touchdown. I just think Darnell Mooney is somebody that maybe you want to consider as a flex option. I'm not a big fan. I think you're going to have a hard time deciding when he's actually going to have a big game or a good game. And this guy had eight targets. supposed to be a speedster. only had 45 yards, kind of got lucky for the touchdown. So it's not something the numbers actually are going to kind of show you, but he really wasn't anything you know, right home about this week. Oh, and the guy I actually want to talk about, Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert looks good out there. Uh, we kind of talked about him going into the season as one of our like guys we liked um, for the rookies. And if he had a chance, he would be somebody that can kind of be productive. Well, he got his chance. Damian Williams had the COVID. Um, they, you know, Damian, they had three Cohen still not back, although he's back practicing or eligible to start practicing this week. Uh, Khalil Hover had over 19 carries, 97 yards, had a touchdown. Could have had an even bigger game, had a, a touchdown called back. Um, 
So I think this is a guy that if he's out there, even if he's sharing time with Damian Williams, you need to kind of have him on your roster because it's only a matter of time that Damian Williams probably get hurt. Uh, but they're, in the meantime, they're probably going to split most of the touches because he looks really effective out there. Now, he wasn't heavily involved in the passing game, only had three targets. Um, but like I said, this Bears team doesn't want to throw the ball very often, so it's not something to kind of get too disappointed about. My only additional comments would be is one real quick for the uh, for my dynasty guys again. Amari Rogers sighting, um, the first of those uh, that's, you know, really um, not much of one. He's not going to have any fantasy value this season, but for your, your guys' uh, dynasty stashes, um, that's got to be exciting to at least have him on the, the field uh, in some relevant way. Uh, the other note, it's really just a question. Uh, what do you make of Khalil Herbert, who has a rookie, you know, playing really well right now? What do you make of him once, say, uh, Montgomery comes back in a couple weeks? I think this is Montgomery's backfield regardless. I think there's more of a chance for him to split time with Damian Williams moving forward than there is with the Montgomery. I think the Bears kind of committed to him. They have spent the draft capital on Montgomery. And I think Nagy knows he's coaching for his job. I think Bill Lazor knows he wants to kind of have, you know, look good out there kind of as an opportunity for the next job he's probably going to wind up getting. Um, so I think that's something you're going to see the Montgomery, as long as he's healthy and looks 100% healthy out there, I think he's going to continue to be involved like he was. You know, Daniel Williams only kind of shined that first game, but that was also because Montgomery banged up that first game. After that, even the, t- the passing game wasn't going through Damian Williams like it had been. So I think Montgomery is one of those guys, if you can get some off somebody's IR or try to get a steal, I have them both my both my rosters right now. Um, I'm just waiting down the time till he comes back. So I actually got a question That's for a you real question. quick. Um, so like Adam was saying, on the dynasty perspective, I think maybe you want to go get Darnell Mooney too because it looks like Allen Robinson might not be here like next year. And How about he Mooney, won't be there next year? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said if I was him, but I would it's... not be back next year. <laughs> Um, so I'm getting to my point real quick. Um, he's actually built kind of a good repertoire with Justin Fields. He's been getting targeted six times ever since Fields been on the, um, taking the starts. So I think that, you know, seeing as how he's probably going to be the defunct number one next year, it's probably a good idea to go out there and kind of probe, um, what the price is going to be in dynasty, especially now with like, you know, this offense being poor, people might be a little bit lower on Mooney and might be willing to trade him for a cheaper price. It's a great point. Yeah, I agree. So next game, we had Cincinnati taking on Detroit. Uh, Cincinnati looked pretty good offensively. Joe Burrow had over 220 or 270 yards passing, had three touchdown passes. Probably could have had more, but they were up pretty good this entire game, so they weren't really worried about losing it. Joe Mixon looked great out there to me. Um, was heavily involved in the passing game, had five catches, 56 yards, scored a touchdown through the air. Uh, which is exciting because you really haven't seen that since week one or week two. He was actually being involved in the passing game. Um, he actually had, you know, 18 carries, 94 yards. So Joe Mixon was kind of that that ultra back you're looking for where you're getting the receiving and the rushing up opportunity. Chris Evans kind of returned back to earth in some senses in rushing attack. We only had four carries for 18 yards, but continues to be somebody who's used a lot in the passing game to score a touchdown. I uh, had 49 yards. Thing that thing kind of keep in mind with Chris Evans, I think, is there's a good chance he probably was going to take Samaji Perrine's second RB two position. So I think Chris Evans is somebody to kind of keep on your on your boards and definitely keep in your mind because Mixon, you know, has been banged up a lot in the last couple of years. 
Uh, Chris Evans obviously is going to be involved in the passing game as we continue to see, and I think he's more talented than since Maji Prerise. Um, receiving wise, Jamar Chase continues to be a monster. Didn't score a touchdown though, so I guess that was disappointing. But he did have almost 100 yards. Um, T. Higgins is probably the guy that I'm a little disappointed about. I thought he'd have a really bounce back game. He only had he had six targets, only had three catches for 44 yards. A little surprised he's not being used down the field as much right now. Um, and I think that was kind of to me that was probably the biggest disappointment. Tyler Taylor Boyd, or Tyler Boyd, I'm sorry, um, continues to kind of be an afterthought in his offense since T. Higgins has returned. So he's somebody that you can kind of you know think about getting rid of sooner than later, unless Higgins is to get hurt or Chase is to get hurt. He just doesn't seem like he's going to be involved up in this offense. And I talked about paces. Cincinnati plays well in the slower paces too as well, which is surprising to me because they were really fast-paced last year, but they're really slowing it down. And as a result, you're not really seeing these receivers have the big games you kind of would hope for. Um, on the other side, Detroit. Detroit is Detroit right now. Jared Goff is, continues to be non-worthy in fantasy. Don't touch him. Don't play him. Don't. And it's not really all tired Jared Goff's fault as his coach kind of threw him again under the bus anyway. Um, he's throwing the absolute garbage out there. Um, TJ Hawkinson did have 11 targets, which is exciting to see because he had been kind of forgotten about his offense the last two weeks. He was actually out running routes again versus blocking all the time. Had eight catches, 74 yards. You can kind of tell he's still kind of lumbering out there. So he is somebody I would try to play while I still can. But I'd be a little bit concerned maybe looking for an extra tight end because I think he's going to get be heading to the IR sooner than later, particularly as his team continues to lose the way that it is. Um, the rest of the receiving core is pretty much an afterthought. I'm honestly Brown had five catches, so maybe PPR you're looking at this guy, but had nine yard long. Uh, just basically, is a, you know, Jared Goff's throwing like made in front of Ben Roethlisberger last year. Jared Goff's throwing like three yard passes. I mean, this is ridiculous how unaggressive they are down the field right now. Uh, Kelly Raymond had another decent game for PPR purposes. Uh, had six catches, 37 yards, average 6.2 yards per carry. So in standard leagues, I'm not touching that guy, but in PPR, it's a very valuable player to kind of consider right now. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I think it's kind of – oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll I'll throw in later. I was going to say, just to cover the backfield, DeAndre Swift continues to kind of live through the air. Uh, Very inefficient again on the ground this week. Uh, Did score a touchdown on the ground, but only had 24 yards on 13 carries. Did have five catches for um, 40-something yards. Had seven targets, so he's kind of expecting he's going to be able to get his points one way or another. Um, Jamal Williams really wasn't involved. He's actually really banged up right now, so that's probably why he probably isn't as involved as you kind of expect him to be. And as a result, he only had four carries for 11 yards and continues to be left out of the passing game. He only had what, two targets and one catch for minus two yards. 
Sorry, Justin, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you going to say? No, you actually covered it at the end because I was like really worried about Jamal Williams' place in this offense going forward because, like you said, he's been injured, and these past couple weeks he's been just absolutely throwing up duds, uh, especially coming off the first couple weeks when he was looking like, you know, he was going to have a good fair share of this offense, and then, you know, he's kind of just been, you know, dudding it up. But I didn't know he was like uh, really that banged up. So you answered the question. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's somebody that you want to kind of monitor what he does in practice because when he's healthy, you're right, he had been pretty solid, especially as these buys come up. I think a lot of people are kind of expecting on having a Jamal Williams where you can kind of plug and play during your bye weeks. Right now, he's kind of a guy that you don't really want to do that because he's just not effective out there and he's getting less and less opportunity in the passing game. That's that's probably the biggest thing too. He was getting some targets in the passing game. This seems to be all swift all the time in the backfield. So next game we're going to cover, so this is for Adam, uh, Colts and Houston Texans. Uh, the Colts looked good. Um, Carson Wentz had two touchdown passes, had 220 yards. He could have had way more. They were just up really big in this game. It was never a contest. And as a result, he kind of didn't have to throw the ball much in the second half. But you were really excited to see what he could do if he actually had speed to throw the ball to. Paris Campbell had one catch, 57 yards. Unfortunately, he got injured. Uh, T.Y. Hilton returned. He's back. He didn't retire. He looked very effective and very speedy out there. Only issue he really had was that he got hurt also. Um, hopefully he should play this week, but he has a quad injury. Had four catches, 80 yards, four targets. He is a player that if he's healthy, I kind of told you guys this offseason, people talk about this a lot this offseason, Carson Wentz loved him some Deshaun Jackson. And T.Y. Hilton reminds me a lot of Deshaun Jackson in that offense. I think this is Carson Wentz wants to push the ball down the field. So if T.Y. is out there, he's going to get production. He's going to be used which kind of limits Michael Pittman, who didn't have such a great game. Pittman had two catches, 35 yards, only had three targets. Um, like I said, they really didn't throw the ball much in this game, but you're kind of disappointed because they're playing the Texans. You kind of expected more than that. Um, but I think this is something to kind of monitor moving forward, that when T.Y. is out there and healthy, this might not be Michael Pittman's receiving core where he is a true number one because, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Wentz looks for him more often than not. Um, he loves him some T.Y., I think. And Mo Ali Cox continues to play out there. Had another touchdown. Um, just to tell everybody out there, if you play the Texans, play whoever the tight end is because the Texans are awful against tight end position right now. So you could pretty much stick anybody out there. If you're playing the Texans, it doesn't matter. You're getting a touchdown on your tight end. Not to say Mo'Ally Cox doesn't have talent, but this is pretty much the given of the week that if you play the Texans, you'll get a touchdown on your tight end. Zach Ertz. <laughs> Zach Ertz. There you go. Very good. Great point. Um, on the Houston side, Oh, sorry, before we move to the Houston side, look at his backfield. Jonathan Taylor went bonkers, uh, had 145 yards, had two touchdowns, um, continues to be involved in the passing game. He could, you know, one catch on two, uh, 13 yards, uh, two targets. But why I say continues to be utilized in the passing game is we didn't see really Naheem Hines out there in, in passing situations as much as we had in the previous year, weeks and years. Um, Naheem Hines also wasn't really used in the backfield. Unfortunately, Marlon Mack is still on this team, and as long as Marlon Mack's still there, it seems like Naheem Hines will not be utilized how you kind of expect him to be. On the other side, uh, yeah, Davis Mills is who we thought he was. Um, he was definitely somebody, if you're playing a defense versus the Texans, you want to play them as often as possible or stream them because Davis Mills is going to turn the ball over. Uh, two interceptions, just looked awful out there. Um, looked kind of can't make more than one read. So this guy that definitely not somebody should be rostering fantasy wise. Don't love him dynasty wise either. Cause I think he's not going to make this roster moving forward. Um, but 
I do think that, you know, you kind of see what he's able to do, and that's get Brandon Cooks the ball. Brandon Cooks had 13 targets and nine catches, uh, kind of returned back to being the featured offense person on this offense, and I'll utilize a lot. They continue to move him in the outside in the slot, so it's the guy that even though everybody knows who the ball is going to go to more than not, often than not, he's probably going to be able to get him the targets. And like, it was nice to see Brandon Cooks kind of have that bounce back game because last two weeks teams were able to kind of take him away. Nico Collins returned this game, had six targets, uh, four catches, four, 44 yards. I wouldn't get overexcited about Nico Collins' return. This offense is going to be able to feature more than one weapon very often other than Brandon Cooks in this receiving game. Um, and you're also going to continue to see uh, Chris Moore out there. He did have six targets, only have four catches for 14 yards. Uh, great PPR again, but not for most leagues. Um, but he is somebody that he's going to continue to be out there and steal some of this opportunity for Nico Collins that people kind of projected for him moving forward. Other than that, there wasn't really much to talk about in the passing game. Jordan Aikens had six targets and four catches. Stay away. Don't touch it. Um, and the backfield for the, the Houston, Mark Ingram continues to be the bell cow somehow, some way. He's out there. He just falls down for three yards, two yards. Um, has 18 carries, 73 yards. With a lot of buys coming up, he might be somebody you have to consider rostering. You're just hoping he kind of falls into a touchdown because other than that, you're really not getting a whole lot of production from this guy, particularly in the passing game. Phil Lindsay looked spry, had a 35-yard run. Unfortunately, the rest of his carries he had, the other six carries went up for four yards. Uh, so Phil Lindsay kind of has a featured off his line that's kind of blocking for him, so he's always going to be kind of limited. The only chance for him to really be fantasy relevant moving forward is if Ingram were to get hurt. Uh, because the other third back is David Johnson. He wasn't really used in the rushing game as kind of expected. Wasn't really used in the passing game either much. Uh, only had two targets, one catch. 11 yards. I'm curious if this guy is going to continue to be on the scene moving forward because they cut their one of their longtime players and Witten Churlis, not Witten Churlis, I'm sorry, Witten Merciless um, this week. And I wonder if David Johnson is not going to follow himself out at some point because I doubt anybody would actually trade for David Johnson. Um, only thing to really add uh, in any level is uh, Tyrod Taylor is eligible to come off IR this week. However, it seems... 50-50 at best uh, that that actually happens. Yeah, and I think he's the guy you can kind of keep in mind for streaming purposes, whereas mm-hmm. buys come up because he will run the ball a bit more, and he was pretty effective. So don't forget that you know Tyra Taylor's wasn't quite done as we might expect him to be this season. He actually helps his offense considerably. Yeah, uh, it, he opens it up so we can at least have a conversation about whether Nico Collins is going to be viable. Um, I, I think regardless, Brandon Cooks is, but maybe they could – have a second guy be a flex option if uh, Tyrod Taylor's a quarterback. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is where I take over. Um, so this was kind of a, I mean, it wasn't that great of a game um, overall. It didn't really get started until about the second quarter. Um, Daniel Jones, I'll start with the giant size. Daniel Jones is just, I don't think he should have been out there. He looked problematic out there. He had two fumbles. One was recovered by the defense. Um, at one point, he had back-to-back interceptions. You know, he lost Kadarius Tony early. Um, Kadarius Tony was looking good, and then he went down after catching three balls for 36 yards. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard came back, and he ended up getting pretty much all the targets. He got 14. Uh, 10 receptions, 76 yards. Sterling Shepard's going to be a good option um, for PPR. He's going to be a good option for a flex if you need a bi-week flex. 
Um, you know, I, I wouldn't put too much into uh, the Giants in general until, you know, somebody like Saquon or Galladay gets back. Somebody that's going to be um, a little bit more of a – going to move the chains a little bit because when it's just this bland offense, it's there's not going to be much scoring. Um, <clears throat> in this game, the only person that scored the touchdown for the Giants was Elijah Penny at the end. So that kind of tells you that's the third running back. Um for this team, maybe I would say, and this is a desperation, maybe Dante Pettis. If Slayton's not back and Galladay's not back, then they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody else. Um, so Pettis could be an option if you're really, really desperate. I wouldn't do it, but, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Um, on the flip side, Los Angeles looked good. Uh, Stafford looked back to being Stafford. Uh, it, this game really opened up when Daryl Henderson was able to start getting the ball and start pushing it. <clears throat> he had a touchdown receiving and rushing, um, so he had a really good day. Um, Sony Michelle, he still looked like he was getting his carries out there. He actually opened up the first drive with a good run, with a 15-yard run. So um, he's obviously somebody who you can put on the bench, and just in case Daryl Henderson goes down, and he'll probably be a good spot start if that happens. Uh, Cooper Cup resumed his reign of terror. <clears throat> Two touchdowns, 130 yards. Um, always a play. Uh, Robert Woods caught only uh, two balls for 31 yards, but he caught a touchdown as well. So that was probably a game saver for him. Uh, Higby got very into it. Not for very much yardage, but you know he got five receptions in the game. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, overall, this was just a really – it was a positive game script for L.A. Um, I don't know why Matthew Stafford was throwing it at the end of the game anyways. He was probably just trying to pad his stats. That's where the interception came at the end of the game, like one of the last drives of the game. Um, but, yeah, as far as this team goes, you know, always – I'm – from this – uh, from this game forward, you know, you cannot keep any of those major wide receivers out of the lineup. Um, Daryl Henderson seems like he's going to be a spot on play every single week. Uh, I got, obviously I don't have to tell you guys that. Uh, one thing I will just add is that New York is probably one of those teams you want to stay away from until, you know, the players come back, the Barclays, you know, Galladay, when those guys get back, it will be more of a viable play for streaming Daniel Jones, but, I mean, other than that, I don't want any part of Devontae Parker, even if I'm low on running backs. You know, I don't hate the idea of Devontae if it's cheap buying into Daniel Jones in Dynasty. Um, if someone has a problem with it, uh, you know, after this game, because I think that concussion was still impacting him. He actually looked yeah. good to start the season, which I've never been a massive fan of his. Uh, but he did genuinely look good to start the season. So I, I wouldn't hate it. Like I said, if you can get it for cheap, kind of a dart throw, uh, especially in a super flex league, I absolutely think it would be worth it because I, I don't uh, – I mean, he's not anything that special as a quarterback, but I don't think that his play in this game was um, uh, shows kind of what he is as a quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Do you guys see him going forward? Do you see him as the New York Giants quarterback? Or do you see him like maybe like a Goff getting traded somewhere that kind of needs a transition quarterback – and transition to the future, you know, maybe like a, a Houston or, you know, 
you know, maybe even Detroit at the, I mean, Detroit's got Jared Goff and his big ass contract, but you get what I'm saying. Do you see him being a piece in this offense long-term or do you see him just being kind of a journeyman finding a new spot? If it's me, if it's me making the decision, I would at least give him another season with a, you know, new complete regime Um, for the primary reason that, uh, we see in the same city in New York what happens when you just like, all right, let me get the QB of the future before I get like anything else. Like that, yeah. the team is still a dumpster fire. I have the QB of the future. Oh, now I'm like ruining the confidence of the QB of the future. I think the exact same thing would happen if you just added a new rookie quarterback to the Giants, anyways. So I don't think there's any point in moving on from Daniel Jones until you start improving the Giants. Okay, so my take is a little bit different. Um, I think it's going to totally depend on how competitive this Giants team finishes off the season. If they're going to not going to be competitive like they were on, on Sunday, David Gelman's going to obviously going to get fired. If Gelman gets fired, almost the thing that seems to be the new trend for all these different new GMs is they draft their own quarterback. That seems to be no matter who the quarterback is, no matter what their upside could be, no matter what their situation was, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's like I get to get my guy now. So I would not be shocked if David Daniel Jones is not on the roster next year. Because it was one of the guys that Gettleman wanted in the first place. He now the last week wasn't really high on this guy, and I think a lot of the team, uh, you know, personnel wasn't super high on Daniel Jones either. So if they're going to turn over this roster and they're going to have a high draft pick, I wouldn't be shocked if he moves on. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that too. I, I think that uh, realistically speaking, it could go either way. Um, like I said, if if it was me, I would keep him um, at least for a season. But it's obviously not me, so depending on who gets into that new GM role, um, could go either way. Yeah, I think until we get some more clarity on what his concussion issue, you want to avoid Daniel Jones because you're, you're relying on this guy running the ball, and he did not run yeah. much and run, run well yeah. in that range. Yeah, absolutely. Redraft, I wouldn't touch him until he, he you know, Im- improves um, his health. I mean, he got hit in the back of the head, man, like, he, when I, he when he got up, he looked like he had just gotten out of a UFC fight. Like he had just got knocked out in a UFC fight, trying to get to the stool, man. Like that was a scary scene, and that was something that I think they should have. I mean, if you value your franchise quarterback, you don't put him right back into that situation. Yeah, I can't believe he played this week. To be honest with you, yeah. Uh, so another dumpster fire, but at least this game was kind of competitive early. Um. So Kansas City came in and, you know, did what Kansas City does. They kind of wrecked shop against Washington. Uh, The tail of this game was really the fourth quarter. Uh, That's when, you know, this offense really just started clicking. Uh, It gave me some, you know, bad flashbacks to the fourth quarter of the 49ers Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Um, (laughs) The Kansas City just kind of really figured out this defense in the fourth quarter, really got the rhythm going and, you know, Finished them off. Um, Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things. Uh, One thing I'm really kind of worried about as far as Patrick Mahomes goes is he gets really loose with that ball. I mean, that's just his style. But he had one interception that wasn't his fault at all. It was a tipped pass by Tyreek Hill. But the other interception was an easy pass that you you either tuck it and take the field goal and the sack because you're going down anyways. Or, you know, I mean, that's pretty much the only way you do it. I mean, you either do that or you try and intentionally ground it or not intentionally ground it, but throw it towards 
um, the ground near like Daryl Williams, who was nearby. I mean, when you when you see this pass, it was like he was trying to throw it away, but he was doing it off balance, so it just went directly in the air. You know, it looked like a punt at that point, just getting picked off. Um, so, you know, obviously this is Mahomes' style, but as far as like being a quarterback goes, you know, you would think that he would be a little bit more responsible with that ball. Um, on the rushing side, Daryl Williams, I mean – that's what I thought that the running back should be in this offense. Somebody who just kind of picks up the slack when they get, you know, he throws it for Patrick Mahomes throws it for 50 yard pass. And then, you know, Daryl Williams can just ensure it gets in the end zone. And that's what he kind of did today um, or not today. Sunday It's two touchdowns. You know, he ran for 62 yards. He didn't do too much on the ground. He only averaged about three yards, but you know, those two touchdowns saved his week. And for a lot of people, made him probably the most valuable waiver wire pickup of the week. Um, Kelsey did Kelsey things uh, 99, just under a hundred yards for eight catches. So he did you well in both standard and um, especially in PPR <clears throat> Tyree kill Tyree kill things nine for 76 and a touchdown. Um, you know, everybody else is kind of sprinkled in there. Uh, Robinson did catch a touchdown. Um, but it's hard to say who's going to be the guy this week, you know, who's going to be the third guy that is, is it going to be Hardman? Is it going to be Pringle? Is it going to be Robinson? We've seen each one of these guys kind of have their day where they've caught this caught like three sixty three and a touchdown, but we haven't seen anybody really like stand out as the guy who's going to be rock solid plug in play, you know, really take over what that Sammy Watkins role was. Um, <clears throat> we did see Jarek McKinnon a little bit. Uh, nothing really to note about that. I wouldn't be picking him up. Um, if you can, I would see if you can, you know, if you're in a pinch, I know a lot of people are running back hungry right now. I would think, you know, maybe go out and see if you can get Daryl Williams to kind of supplement you for the next two weeks. Cause Clyde Edwards Hilaire is on the three day or the three week IR. Um, as far as this offense goes, uh, I don't know if I'm picking up anybody, you know, outside of their core guys. I don't know if I want to trust that Hardman, Pringle, or Robinson is going to have the day um, any given week. So I don't know if I'm especially going after those guys. Um, one guy really under the wire to think about is maybe Jody Fortson. He's been picking up a lot um, these past couple of weeks. He only had one target this week, but it was for 27 yards. Uh, they seem to like him. You know, he's gotten two touchdowns this year. <clears throat> so maybe somebody to just keep on your waiver wire or not on your waiver wire on your watch list. See if, you know, something develops there. Um, on the other side, Taylor Haneke, I was not impressed. Um, it seems like Ron Rivera is going to stick through with it. Um, maybe even past Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, on the rushing side, Antonio Gibson was in and out of this game. Uh, seems like his lower leg injury is finally catching up with him. Um, he came into the season with a diagnosed, I think it was shin injury. And he's really just been kind of running through it. And it it kind of showed this week, you know, he was he was hobbling on and off the field. Um, he just, he looked like he may have, he should have taken some more time to recover. Um, I know he had turf toe last year and turf toe can linger, but he also had the shin injury. So it looks like maybe he just, 
he needs to get himself right. Um, I don't know if that is surgery or just more time off, but he really needs to get himself right. <clears throat> He's getting an MRI this, this week. Oh, okay. But this opened the door for J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick made a sighting, um, 45 yards on the ground. He ended up with 65 yards and eight catches. Um, that's the guy. Go go get J.D. McKissick. He's going to get used in this offense. He's a proven commodity in this offense. Um, and, yeah, so go get him. Ricky Seals-Jones seems like a good supplement for Logan Thomas. Um after that, you know, Terry McLaren was battling an injury of his own. He had a hammy injury. He looked like he wasn't able to really get off of his um, get off the line of scrimmage well. He was caught up in coverage, which, I mean, should have been a plus matchup because Kansas City doesn't have the best secondary. So uh, it really kind of just showed that the injury was lingering on him. Um, Deami Brown made an appearance, three catches, 30 yards, but nothing special out of there. <clears throat> um if, if Antonio Gibson goes out for an extended leave, um, you know, say maybe next game he really gets, you know, hurt. Hope he doesn't, but let's just play the rhetorical card. Are you guys going to look into maybe getting a Jared Patterson along with a J.D. McKissick? Because J.D. McKissick is not going to be able to take on the full workload himself, and mostly he'll be in the passing game. So are you going to be looking for somebody else to come in? I would be. I mean, I think Jared, they play Green Bay this upcoming week. I think you got some good matchups or opportunity for him to have be involved. And to your point, I do think it's not going to be all J.D. McKissick all the time. They're going to need somebody else. They do like Patterson, and I think he's somebody that might be a little bit of a guy that you can just roster during his bye times just maybe just in case. I think he should be on rosters. I just wouldn't – I don't love the upside just because I think they're going to find themselves in a lot of negative game scripts anyways, which even with Antonio Gibson in, I think that just kind of favors McKissick right now. Um, so just either way, I think – I don't know how much they'll even get the chance to run. Um, but, yeah, I definitely would be monitoring the Gibson situation. I would definitely uh, roster Patterson just to be on the safe side. I just worry that um, – you know, even if the rushing matchups are good, they may not be in the position to run the ball as much as they should be. You guys should definitely roster Ricky Seals Jones if you play in leagues that have tight ends as well, though, because yes. that's he's obviously somebody they're looking for to get the ball to, and he did seems to be Heineke's favorite target out there in a lot of ways. Yep. I, I a quick question for you guys on this one. Terry McLaurin's underperformed probably out three or four games now in a row. Is it time to get worried about Terry McLaurin, or is this something that might is going to write itself? I think it'll write itself. I think he's yeah. getting the targets he needs. I just think Heineke doesn't throw a very good ball. Um, I, he hasn't looked good, really, in any of the games this season. Even in that uh, his first game as the starter where he had good stats, I didn't really think he looked that great. The passes came out wobbly. It just didn't ever look good to watch him throw the ball. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is much more of a Heineke problem. I, I think it shows when you're running back as your, your leading receiver at 65 yards. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's more of an issue of uh, McLaren needs to kind of he needs to get to his bye week and really rest up. But um, I mean, at this point, I don't I don't know if you're going to get anything worth value for what he's been doing performance wise for him. So it would be like kind of like a sell low type of situation, which I wouldn't want to do that, considering this guy could actually like blow up. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep him. 
on any of my rosters that I have him on. I think I have him on like one, but I'm going to keep him if that answers your question. Yeah, I, I think he did. And I also think that if he's not on your roster, he maybe is somebody that people might be panicking on and you try to buy low as well. Yeah, no, definitely try and buy low on him. Yeah. Was... Cool. So now we get a good game. Um, <laughs> so Dalvin Cook is back, and it's perfect timing because now he gets to go rest his always injured ass and gets to come back for the back half of the season and lead me to a championship. <laughs> um, but all seriousness, guys, this was a really good game for Minnesota and a game that they needed. Um, Kirk Cousins just always seems to be that much better when Dalvin Cook is in the game. Um, for some reason, he goes from 200 to 300 just by having Dalvin Cook there. Uh, in this game, Cook had 140 yards. Cousins had 330 or 373 yards, three touchdowns. He got <clears throat> he got everybody he needed to involved. He got Thielen involved. Thielen made so this this is a guy who actually quick question: Do you sell Adam Thielen based off of this performance, or do you keep him? Just I want to quick sell or keep. I'm keeping him. Keep unless you have you're desperate at another position or uh, you're a dynasty team not contending because I, I think we are towards the end of Thielen's run. I don't think he's dead, but towards the end. Yeah. Okay. See, I would I would go off of this week and I would sell him. And I know I'd be giving up good weeks for him, but I would really test the market on maybe getting a good running back out of that. Um, so Justin Jefferson had another game, you know, Good game. He's been doing it all season long. Eight catches. Um, KJ Osborne ended up catching um, the most important ball of the game. Um, he had six catches for 78 yards. Uh, here's something. We've been talking about it, like all year long. Who's going to be the third guy here? KJ Osborne or Tyler Conklin? Well, they both had pretty good games. Um, Conklin had more yardage with less catches, but he still ended up with 71 yards off of three catches. So maybe... With Dalvin Cook in, you know, Minnesota with their defense, they're always going to be kind of in a, a shootout type of situation. Maybe this kind of leads itself to, you know, Conklin and Osborne being okay starts. Well, maybe not starts, but okay plays during the um, during the season as like buy inserts. Um, but, yeah, so on the other side, you know, Darnold uh, is starting to look like the New York Jets Darnold. Again, um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess you could take the jet out of New York, but you can't take the New York out of the jet. I don't know <laughs> how that would work, but um, yeah, so Sam Darnold just he's kind of been really poo poo ever since the Dallas game. Um, seems like he's just getting exposed that he really can't, you know, throw the ball accurately. I mean, look at that completion to attempts. He didn't even complete fifty percent of his passes. I'll give him one. I'll give him one thing about that though. He did have seven drops. They didn't want to catch the ball for this guy either for some reason. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore were just dropping yeah, the ball. Robbie out. Anderson, especially, unfortunately. Um, that, yeah, that's that's fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, DJ Moore had an okay game for you know he had five catches, seventy three yards, um, no touchdowns. You know, he's obviously the main guy 
um, main target guy as far as this team goes. Ian Thomas made his one catch for 41 yards. Um, as far as Robbie Anderson goes, that's 11 targets, pretty, 11 yards. That's pretty <laughs> lackluster. And the only thing that would save him PPR is that touchdown. Um, what is going on here, guys? What, what's up with Robbie Anderson? What what may what took a? I mean, he's in the same situation he was last year. CMC is gone. He's getting a lot of targets, but he's just not performing. Two huge, two huge differences to me. Number one, I tried to warn people all season long that him and Sam Darnold's connection that everybody talked about in New York was imaginary. That he did not use Sam, he did not use Robbie Anderson well in New York, and the only time he did was right towards the very end of the season when he actually started throwing the ball deep to Robbie Anderson. The other difference, I think, is that Robbie Anderson's return to his deep threat mode, in a sense, where last year you saw him running a lot more underneath routes and being more in that possession type of receiver. Well, they've kind of switched it back around where DJ Moore is now that guy and not running the deep routes. And Robbie Anderson running the deep routes with Sam Darnold just don't add up. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, that that's a that's a fair enough point. Um, I think that you make the good point that it was kind of a pseudo <laughs> connection that they actually had there, because um, if you really look back at those Jets days, it wasn't very much different. It was maybe like one or two catches for maybe like ninety yards and a touchdown. That happened like every other, maybe every three games. Um, yeah, so. <sighs> You know, this this offense kind of really needs to rethink what it's doing and what its purpose is, especially now with tier, uh, with uh, Terrace Marshall and the concussion protocol. You know, one thing that I like think a lot of people really considered Terrace Marshall to be the slot receiver, he's also not been performing very well with the targets he's been given. So, yeah, I mean... Well, he, he got a little lucky this week, though, because Zeistra did take over his job in the slot, but Zeistra also just got put in IR this week. So Terrence Marshall will have a chance to kind of earn that slot back again. Yeah, if he gets out of the um, concussion protocol in time, to actually make it a make an impression. Um, and then Chuba. So Chuba's been actually a really good filling. I can't deny it. I think he's been better than Mike Davis was last year. Um, you know, he had 61 yards and a touchdown this game. He didn't really get much on the receiving end, but you know. I think it'll. I think it'll come game to game. Um, obviously, Darnold having you know completed less than half of his passes didn't really lend itself to that. Uh, you only target him three times too. Uh, yeah, 
You guys got anything to add on this one? Uh, I no, I, I think Chubb is a guy you want to have out there because they talked a lot about this week tr- turning into more of a running team. Matt Rule came out and basically all but saying we need to ha- we need to hide Sam Darnold. And in the meantime, we need to start being more running physical team because they're off the line. Also, can't pass block for crap right now. Yeah. I was just going to add. I think I've already said this on the show once before, but I will say it again. Uh, Robbie Anderson's two best seasons as a Jet were with uh, when Darnold was out with McCown and with Fitzpatrick. They were not with Darnold. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm still. It, the drops aside that, you know, give Darnold a little bit of a boost. I'm still not sold on him being an upgrade in any way, shape or form over Teddy Bridgewater, who also did not play very well this week. Yeah. yeah. No, I think he's def- I think if anything, he's a downgrade. Yeah. He's definitely looking like a downgrade right now. I mean, he looked like an, a slight upgrade the first couple games, but these last couple games have been a totally different story. Well, Teddy Bridgewater actually fed multiple targets last year and fed fantasy guys receivings. This guy's not – you're basically living off DJ Moore in his offense and the running game. Right. No, that's a really good point. He has been, like, solely going to DJ Moore every single game. And, you know, as he's kind of mixed it up, we've kind of realized that, you know, he's, one, inaccurate, and, you know, two, this offense isn't really, like it, – it, it was kind of like a – it was a weird um, thing to see that Robbie Anderson went back to his role and then they tried to, because he was, he was a good slot receiver. And why would, why would you mess that up for, you know, like you said, a pseudo connection that was from uh, the Jets days. I mean, never take anything from the Jets and think it's going to work. All right. We'll move on. Last one. Oh, actually, no, we could just move past the last one. There was nothing there for that one. Oh, man, in a game that we thought was going to be freaking awesome, ended up being a total dud on the Chargers side. Oh. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're good. <laughs> yeah, so this is this was a game that uh, I think Justin Herbert definitely wants to forget. Um, I'm – I don't think anybody's going to sell low on Herbert after just this one game. Uh, but if you do find anybody panicking saying, hey, I want to sell Herbert, yeah, immediately go after that. Immediately jump the gun on that one. Um, yeah, it was just an off game for everybody. Eckler only had seven yards on the ground. Um, he did have 46 through the air. But, you know, um, Mike Williams went down with his uh, – I think – did they get an MRI on his knee after the game? I don't know if he had got an MRI. Um, I know he was very banged up going into the game, and you could kind of yeah. tell, but I don't know if he had to get an MRI again or not. Yeah. Oh, he was – yeah, he was pretty damn banged up on that game. Um, Jared Cook did score the lone touchdown. <laughs> Keenan Allen had 50 yards with five catches. Um, on the flip side, we got to see Rashad Bateman for the first time. Um, he looked really good in his limited snaps. Um, he took 65% of the snap share. Uh, he got four receptions off of six targets. You know, they were all short targets, but, you know, or, yeah, they were mostly all short targets. But, you know, when he was reeling them in, he was looking really good out there. I mean, he could be transitioning to his roles, maybe like more of a deep receiver, or maybe they'll just keep him as a possession receiver. I, I like him either way. 
Um, this game got out of hand pretty early, so it really lended itself to the run game. Um, all three old boys got a touchdown. That's Freeman, Murray, and Le'Veon Bell. Um, they all pretty much distributed the run game equally. Uh, Freeman led the way with nine, <clears throat> and then I think everybody else just got eight. Um, yeah, as far as everybody else goes, this was such a you know run dominant game that there wasn't really much of a need for the pass game. Um, not like the Colts game the other day, but um, you know Mark Andrews did get five receptions, sixty eight yards, and a touchdown. Um, one thing I I want to note from this game is, um, you know, we told you on the last show to watch for the guys that are coming off the IR. Bateman just came off the IR and, um, you know, he had an okay showing, but I think that this showing is kind of promising for the future. And I mean, the future being like, you know, dynasty or, you know, three, four weeks down the line, him having a good game and really like shaking it up. Um, but yeah, as far as everybody else on the charger side, I'm not selling anybody on the Raven side. Um, I'm not really buying everybody yet. I did like that Freeman got more carries, but you know, it was only one, one more. So it's kind of hard. It's going to be hard to figure out who's going to be really getting the rock the most of the time. Um, if I had to pick one, it'd be it'd be Murray, but that's just because he's been getting it all year long so far. You guys got any notes on this game? I was going to say Murray did get banged up in this game, so it'll be interesting to see if he were if he weren't to play, what kind of the roles will be in the backfield. I advise staying away from Le'Veon Bell at all costs. Freeman may be rosterable. Maybe even Taysom Hill will return, or Taysom Williams will return. But um, I wouldn't touch Le'Veon Bell if Latavius Murray were to miss any time. Yeah, it's kind of weird that Tyson Williams just kind of fell off the earth, didn't he? Like, he just kind of fell directly off a cliff, and nobody has found the body yet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was just – it was weird because he went from, like, a week one, you know – Waiver wire must start afterwards to it's week six and everybody's dropping them. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. And this is where I pick up on. Um, it was a lot like, <laughs> like the game he just mentioned where we expected it to be a really good game and it was not, uh, you know, Baker re-injured himself. Uh, he says he's still going to play – uh, this upcoming week, but yikes. Uh, they play Thursday with a quick turnaround. Cream Hunt also got hurt. That's a yike. Um, it looks like Dearness Johnson will be the guy that you want to pick up on waivers uh, with Chubb also ruled out officially for Thursday. Um, that being said, guys, do not overspend on him for your uh, your you know bid. It, it, this is a one-week rental. Now, you know, having him as a a waiver wire target, you know, for free, uh, for to use for a week and then drop. Fine, absolutely. He's a flexible player for one week. Don't put the budget into one week. It is not worth it at all. Um, just don't do it. Uh, same thing goes for Donovan Peoples Jones. Jarvis Landry um, should be active in a week or two. Um, I, I, I think he had a good performance. Um, but he's been getting the same kind of snaps and route share um, this entire season and really hasn't done anything with it until the last two weeks. He also benefited from that end of half Hail Mary uh, 
you know, that, that was a massive benefit of his, uh, you know, I, I'm not really that um, into him as far as a, a long-term fantasy play. Um, bad week for Rondell Moore uh, on the flip side. Uh, you know, he had been, you know, getting really involved the last couple of weeks and was starting to pass Christian Kirk. And then, of course, Christian Kirk comes, turns around and leaves the team in targets. Um, you know, so this is just as unpredictable as ever. Um, what is predictable, though, is A.J. Green getting his six targets per week. Every week of this season, except for last week, he's gotten exactly six targets. Uh, every <clears throat> single week. Um, he is someone with a lot of guys on buys and some injuries happening and what have you, who honestly, you might want to kick the tires on if, if uh, someone hasn't picked them up already, because again, he's gotten six targets every week, except for one. Um, and in this high powered offense, that's enough to get at least some value out of, he, you know, isn't going to be a world beater, but there's a reason that you're having this guy fill in off the, the waiver wire to, uh, you know, help you out. Um, you guys have anything uh, else notable from this game? I think the one thing I took out of this is DeAndre Hopkins looked healthy. Yeah. And I think that's going to be big moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think it's been the first time all season where he actually looked healthy out there. Yeah. yeah. And just, just to build on your point real quick, Adam, we're going to talk about some of the waiver watches like that. I'm going to warn you guys, Dernis Johnson was a big hype last year, and they all thought he was going to get to all the tech carries when everybody else got injured, and it didn't happen. Don't be shocked if it goes down again this week. Um, I, you got Kelly that brought the practice squad who were one of their better guys who played in the preseason and they were really high on him. But the guy I actually thinks to be more productive is going to be Felton because I think he's going to play that Kareem Hunt role um, mm-hmm. as Kareem Hunt is on the IR and he has more of a sustainable production opportunity, particularly when they're trailing without these receivers they might not have. That would be the guy I actually think might be, wind up being worth more than Darrenis Johnson is. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, again, I think Darrenis Johnson is going to have value to some extent this week and this week only, um, you know, Felton's going to have that PPR role. Um, Johnson might get at least a decent amount of carries this week, but as soon as Chubb gets back, Felton still has some kind of role. Like he'll do something. Johnson will get, go back to getting maybe like a carrier to a game as soon as Chubb's back. So I don't know. Again, if you want to grab him on waivers for one week, that's fine. But th- there's no reason to put any bid into him at all. Um, moving on to the Raiders and uh, Denver. Uh, I, real quick for you, Adam, I just want to also point out, you, you warned people last week that the Joku thing didn't materialize this week. He had one catch for six yards. So that's why we're kind of warning you guys don't read too much into any tight end production for this team. Yeah, Absolutely. Austin Hooper actually beat him in targets, although neither of them did anything. He played 10% less snaps than he did last week after having the big game, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so moving on to Raiders and Denver uh, AFC West showdown. Um, another guy I'm going to tell you not to buy into. I know I'm just like the bad person that tells you not to buy into all these people. Um, but Kenyon Drake, there's no reason to do it. He got four carries. He got... Uh, what was it? Two targets. We got six potential chances to get the ball. He did get all six touches, but it's, there, there weren't any extra targets. He got six total, and he happened to get two touchdowns with them. Um, mm-hmm. That is not even remotely sustainable. 
um, not even like in the stratosphere of sustainable. Um, it would be one thing if with the new new head coach, he started getting like actual an actual role, right? Then it would be like, all right, then you can consider maybe, you know, looking into this a little bit more. But the role that you would want Kenyon Drake to be in is that receiving back. And he got two targets um, in a game that uh, the Raiders, I think, mostly had the lead. But it wasn't ever like that out of the question. I mean, they did still throw the ball almost 30 times. Uh, they threw more than they passed, uh, for instance. Um, Josh Jacobs is definitely still the back to own, even if he hasn't looked that great so far this season. Um, Ruggs actually had a, a pretty solid performance. I was impressed with him. Um, Edwards on the fo- as a football player looked good, but I'm not confident in his fantasy abilities. Uh, really, he got all of, most of his uh, value off of one play. Um, Waller has been someone who got that ton of targets at the beginning of the season, week one. Hasn't you know been that guy really since. Um, he's got the talent to do it. I think he's going to turn it around to an extent, but you got to start to get worried about him um, pretty soon. Um, unfortunately, guys, I, I know I see a lot of people on Twitter and on the internet calling for it. Unfortunately, the Williams takeover is going to be slow. Melvin Gordon not playing that bad. He's not going to completely fall off. Really, what you're hoping for as a, a Javante Williams drafter or owner is that by the end of the season, you're getting a 60-40 split. Like, that is the optimistic outlook, like what you're hoping for. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to level with you. I think you're probably looking at a 55-45 at best, uh, if that comes to fruition. Um, I think this will probably, honestly, be an even split because talent-wise, it's seems to be an even split. There's no reason to, you know, overuse your run, young running back when you're not going to be winning the games anyways, or at least, you know, competing really in the division. Um, Denver, in a really competitive, a genuinely competitive division, is probably the worst team uh, in the division. So uh, there's no reason to, you know, take time off of Javante Williams' NFL lifespan um, to, you know, finish 7-10. and 10. There's just no reason to do it. Um, Noah Fant had a really good game. He's someone that has, uh, the last couple of weeks been a really viable fantasy tight end. Um, you know, Tim Patrick, while Judy has been out has been pretty solid, although Judy's coming back here in the next couple of weeks. Um, so definitely monitor that, um, and monitor that for Sutton too. He's a potential sell with Judy coming back. He's been a clear, um, clear cut, honestly, almost a wide receiver one with Judy out. And that's not going to be sustainable with, um, with Judy returning will pro- both probably be in that high-end wide receiver three kind of range uh, once Judy returns. Um, Hinton, uh, I'm only going to mention this for dynasty purposes. Uh, he, he's kind of like these other guys where I've said, you know, has no real value in fantasy this season. He honestly looks genuinely good. Like, he has made some plays when it matters. He hasn't, you know, done anything like too out of this world, but he looks like he belongs in an NFL field. And for a guy that most people knew as that spot starter at quarterback rather than an actual wide receiver, uh, to actually look like you belong on an NFL field is a step forward. So he's just a name that I would keep in your mind as someone who, you know, could have some value at some point at some time on probably on a different team. Um, you know, again, no value now. And honestly, 50-50, whether he should even be on a deep dynasty roster. Um, but he's someone that, all right, like if injuries force him into a role, then you, you can at least think about it because you know that he is an NFL player. Um, so I just, you know, want to throw that out there. Um, but that is what I noted uh, from this game. 
I just want to say real quick, I think these numbers are a little weird this week. You don't expect that kind of targets or volume in Denver's passing game moving forward. Mm-hmm. Most of that came in garbage time. Sabres were up through three picks and was getting hammered most of this game. So a lot of those guys who had all the targets, you see Fant 11, you see Sutton, you see Patrick, really all three of those guys are going to eat this offense moving right. forward. And the flip side, I was also going to kind of curious that you said that Drake wasn't going to be good. Now, I saw that he didn't have a lot of volume, but nobody really had a lot of volume on this game. They only threw the ball 27 times. He actually had a role. That actually makes me a little bit excited where he where he got brought in to do, he was actually used to do versus where Gruden just seemed to have no clue. And the big thing to me was Peyton Barber was healthy inactive this week, which means that Kenny Drake actually should be the RB2 moving forward. Yeah, I'm just – my concern, I guess, with Drake is that they're also using Richard and that, that similar role. Like he's coming off to catch the ball as well. So someone who doesn't have a full hold on that receiving back is just kind of concerns me. Um, again, I I think he's got the talent. That's not the issue here. It's just how he's being used. Um, we'll see if maybe that role comes into fruition more, but I, I'm not buying it currently. Well, so far, I think we are right that we talked about it being a bump after Gruden moved on, and I think that kind of showed so yes. far this week one. Yeah, it is uh, overall for the offense uh, a bump <laughs> moving on from Gruden. All right, moving on to Dallas, New England. Surprisingly, a really good game. I think most people, myself included, thought that um, you know this is going to be a one-sided affair in Dallas's favor. Um, you know, Mac Jones tried to keep his team into it in this, but quite frankly, they're being Patriots are being too conservative with him. Um, you know, if, if they want to compete as a team, then they need to, you know, let him eat essentially. Um, you know, he made some good plays. Um, and what, what really, I really liked is he threw that pick through the pick six to Trayvon Diggs, went right back, targeted the exact same corner, and then he got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like to see him being confident enough in his own ability to like not try to shy away from a guy who by all accounts, while he's been getting those picks, he's been also letting up a lot of big plays all season long um, in Trayvon Diggs. So to have the confidence to go back to that same guy, despite, you know, not working once uh, I really like that in a quarterback going forward. Um, But uh, just with how, uh, conservative they're being on offense. Jacoby Myers, the only person that I, I see any value with as far as a pass catcher goes. Damian Harris, I I, I think he looked good uh, despite the injury to him, um, which we'll definitely need to monitor throughout the week uh, and just kind of moving forward. Um, yeah, so definitely monitor the Patriots running back situation, which is kind of one of those running back situations where if you're invested in it, you kind of always have to monitor it. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, definitely Damien Harris specifically. Um, uh, Schultz had another pretty solid week. Um, you know, he's been come on as of late. I am slightly concerned that Gallup could eat into him um, when he comes back. It's just kind of something that you're going to have to monitor again, but I'm not like overly concerned about it. It's just that, you know, with the, the saturation of guys uh, that they have, um, and they rotate a lot of guys in and out. You see um, Cedric Wilson getting involved, uh, despite Schultz being the tight end one, it seems. Jarwin got involved. Um, you know, both Pollard and Elliott are getting the ball out of the backfield. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot of guys getting involved. So just adding Gallup to that, who actually is good enough to demand targets, uh, you know, it's just going to hurt really everyone, make it hard for anyone to be consistently like a top-tier guy 
Um, great for their NFL offense, but, you know, this <laughs> sucks for some of these guys in fantasy. Um, yeah, that was my were my real notes here. Um, I'm still, um, you know, disappointed in the Patriots tight ends that they spent a lot on. And I, I really like John who coming into the season. He had two targets for nine yards. And Hunter Henry really, he's the guy to roster, so to speak, but still only uh, another two targets for two receptions, 25 yards. Got the touchdown, which saved you if you played him in fantasy. But, I mean, that's also not something that you're you're in love with as far as I'm concerned. And it's just because the passing volume's not there. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to um, Seattle and Pittsburgh. We all got to ride along. Um, you know, I missed this from the NFL for however many years ago. Uh, the Geno coaster was always something that I enjoyed. <laughs> the ride, crazy highs. And then, of course, at the end, you ride these crazy glows. Um, you know, you'll, you'll have that with him. Um, yeah, this was an entertaining game towards the end, surprisingly. First half was just not fun to watch. Steelers were in control. Um, but, yeah, towards the end, it was genuinely entertaining. Um, Alex Collins, it, watch him because he did suffer an injury and didn't play in overtime because of it. But if he is healthy, um, it looks like he will be the guy uh, until Chris Collins is back. Um, that being said, uh, Rashad Penny is uh, looking to come off IR uh, pretty soon. Um, so keep on the lookout for that. But again, at this point in his career, he's not someone I'm that, that concerned with. Again, with Collins played genuinely pretty well, uh, both in fantasy and in real life. Um, this week. Um, but yeah, with Gino as the starting quarterback for Seattle, it's really hard to trust any of these uh, receivers. Um, you know, Lockett, who I'm still not con- convinced is fully healthy, um, but still part of this is Gino. Uh, seven targets, two receptions, 35 yards. Um, you know, DK Metcalf had a mental gaffe, but otherwise, you know, got again, got seven targets, but it was only for 58 yards. Um, so, you know, the, the high production that you get uh, with Russell Wilson manning this offense potentially doesn't exist with Geno Smith. Um, on the flip side, uh, Claypool, I think, is definitely still rebounding from his injury. Uh, he, in a lot of ways, is in almost mirrored locket on the other side. Um, <laughs> two receptions uh, on seven targets, still coming off an injury. Um I think you'll see better days for him ahead as he gets healthier. That being said, uh, you know, he's going to be kind of hard capped with Ben Roethlisberger quarterback, unfortunately. Um, the passing volume's there, the volume's there, but the quality of said volume is in the dumpster, unfortunately. I, I thought Ben might be able to rally for one last season, but that is certainly not the case. Um, Deontay Johnson is still getting an ignorant amount of targets. Um, so, you know, that makes him a must play uh, because of it. Um, as far as a dynasty is concerned, Fryermuth having a, a solid lead, uh, or a solid week, uh, is pretty good to see. Um, you know, I'm concerned with playing him because really this is the, the first game we've seen him take a significant leap past Eric Ebron had been like a 60, 40 at best prior to this. Um, so, you know, positive progress, uh, it's hard for me to really want to play either of them right now, but at least, uh, Fryermuth is starting to take the lead there, which is good for him again for both Dynasty and to potentially use uh, later on. Um, 
I, I want to add this because our our lovely um, friend Dan um, posted a question to us. So I just want to hit this now that I'm seeing it. He said, "Would you guys take a trade for Evans with Lockett, Evans for Lockett, Herbert, and Damian Williams if you are a Montgomery owner?" Any. Just Mike Evans for that? Evans for Lockett, Herbert, and Damian Williams. I imagine that's Khalil Herbert, not... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'd imagine that's the case. Of, since you yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No. Uh, that's just me because I, I don't want to buy into um, the idea that Herbert and Williams are going to have a significant role when David Montgomery's back. And then Tyler Lockett to me is not as good or consistent as Mike Evans in that offense. So that's a no for me. I think it'd be a much different conversation if, um, if Russell Wilson was healthy. Um, but you know, it, it seems like he, the guy who's trying to push this injury as fast as he can is pushing for like three or four weeks. Um, when, most people, this would probably be a six-week injury. So just didn't not really be able to use Lockett for really until then, or at least not be able to get him to be confident in him as more than a flex guy. Uh, I don't know that I would do it. Um, you know, maybe if you think you can tank a couple weeks or um, win without any of these or win without Lockett for a couple weeks, um, then you consider it because I think down the stretch, you might be able to get Lockett wide receiver one play again. But you know, not right the second. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it would it would definitely be kind of like it'd be weird because it'd be playing the short game with Herbert and Williams. Yeah, exactly. But like you said, it'd be playing the long game with Lockett. Exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, just just because Mike Evans has been so damn consistent this year, it it, it would uh, it would require somebody I know is going to be starting, even if it was like somebody who wasn't that great of a running back. It would require me to know that they're going to be on the field. Like if it was like you put in there like James Conner or Chase Edmonds or something like that, I might take it, but yeah. If yeah I know I, they, sorry. I was going to say, I think it gets hurt with the fact that, uh, you know, if Damon Williams comes back and then Herbert's and Williams start to eat, eat each other, then, uh, yeah. then the trade was pretty much a failure. Uh, if one or the other is the guy, you can just play that one guy and get your, your running back points. And absolutely it's at, and then, yeah. you know, Lockett comes back. It is that wide receiver one once Russell Wilson comes back. Then you can win that trade. But otherwise, it's, uh, you know, the range of outcomes, there's only one really where this works out. I just don't, you know, don't know if you want to hedge on that. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, is that Williams was only a COVID IR. So, you know, he's coming back either right. this week or latest, latest next week. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um. So I, I would say that Pittsburgh Seattle's been covered as much as it needs to be. So moving on to Tennessee and Buffalo, which was a very good game, um, went down mm-hmm. to literally the last couple plays. Um, Henry went off, but you expect that. Um, same with Allen, you know, he had a pretty solid game, except for slipping on the sneak or whatever. Um, so that was unfortunate. Julio Jones, it looks like, re-injured himself, which is unfortunate because he made a pretty cool highlight reel catch. Uh, so he definitely still has some talent. You're definitely going to want to play him when he's out there. Just a question of when. 
will he actually be out there? Uh, AJ Brown had a return game, um, despite you know scaring some people, getting a questionable tag due to some Chipotle illness over the weekend. Um, <laughs> you know, so tough for him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I think he looked solid in the the third quarter, uh, especially into the fourth quarter. But before that, it was kind of ugly, and the stats show it. Uh, You know, just not great. Derrick Henry was a monster in this game, though, the entire game. Um, So so there's definitely that. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders got eight targets. I think he actually led um, Buffalo Bills receivers in snaps because Stephon Diggs was coming uh, off and on. It uh, looks like he may have been dealing with something. I don't know if he tweaked something or what, because he played fine. Um, he was just coming off and on a lot, which led to Gabriel Davis getting a couple targets. Um, uh, Beasley also was kind of back to an extent. Uh, he got nine targets, 77 receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. He was left essentially wide open on said touchdown. Um, also to monitor here, um, Knox got a, a hand injury. It uh, looks like he's going to be able to play through it, but uh, or or if anything, maybe miss one week. But you know, again, monitor it throughout the week. Um, my final thing on the Buffalo side of things is um, these running backs are gouging each other too much for me. It looked like Zach Moss was starting to take a lead. Well, beginning of the season, Singletary was starting to take a lead. Lead. Then Moss, you know, came back and was you know taking, seeming to become the guy to to roster. And now, while he had the most carries, um, Singletary had more rushing yards and was used a little bit more as a receiver. Uh, it's just a mess. And due to how much they pass anyways versus to how much they run versus how much when they do run, that run comes from Josh Allen anyways. Um, <laughs> in a lot of ways, it's almost like they're doing the exact same things as Philadelphia, except for their their passing offense is good enough to warrant it. Um, whereas, you know, Jalen Hurts with the same forty seven attempts would probably finish with one hundred and fifteen yards. Um, so, for for what it's worth, I just don't see the value there. Uh, maybe as a spot start or a, a flex guy, but um, uh, oh, Chris, uh, Dan would like to hear uh, your thoughts on that um, on that trade. Um. What trade? The uh, so Evans for Lockett, Khalil Herbert, and da- Damian Willem- Damian Williams um, was was the trade offer that he got. So, he has Evans. Uh, 
I would keep Evans. Uh, Damian Williams is only a rental right now, unless you're desperate at running back position and you have to plug somebody in. Lockett's been struggling for not just one, you know, Gino been struggling since the last few weeks. You pointed out, you know, you think he's still injured. I think he is too. The way he got hurt, I think week three or four. And since that point, he hasn't done squat. Now he also went mm-hmm. through his kind of weird stretch last year too, where he was just highly unproductive for weeks after weeks. And then just have, you know, 200 yards all of a sudden. So maybe this is just what we get from Tyler Lockett and, you know, the, the ups and downs. But I think Mike Evans is, you know, played Darius Slay last week. I think more nine out of ten times you're going to want Mike Evans in your lineup, and to me, still the alpha in that receiving court, even though Antonio Brown's coming on strong. Yeah, I, I think we all all agreed there. Um, so I just want to I just want to put something on there, just because I looked it up real quick. Um, Zach Moss is getting 17 red zone uh, carries, so I would say the only person out of that team to get any attention would be Moss on a spot start, like a, a good matchup where you know that they're going to be playing positive game script the entire time. That's that's my only word on that one because I know Moss is rostered on teams. If you have him on a good matchup week, he's getting the carries where it matters. There you go. All right. Um, well, I, I think we can move on to some other things. <laughs> Um, Other things. Yes, yes, yes. Like um, some roster stuffs. Uh, before we do that, we have the belly up, uh, belly ups, and our belly flops. Um, we also have our belly up fantasy player of the week, which I'm gonna let you guys be the tiebreaker on. Uh, I haven't voted yet either. So between the three of us, um, so Josh Allen and Derrick Henry are in the current lead. They're both tied. Uh, so we have an odd number here. What's your your thought? I go with Derrick Henry. I think I, I second go. that. All right, cool. So Derrick Henry is the belly up fantasy player of the week. He's got an insight into our <laughs> into our voting. Um, like you said, maybe for time purposes, we we only give one belly up and one belly flop each. <laughs> All right, yeah, way. let's do it. Um, yeah, so I'll go go first there. Um, and actually. I'll just say my other guy was going to be from the same game. There's your hint. Um, but Stefan Diggs um, was mine. Um, you know, had the injury, so that's a little bit of a worry. But, you know, for him to get the volume that he got and to get into the end zone, uh, you know, that helps you a lot. Um, you know, he's been kind of in that not necessarily struggling like an A.J. Brown who was going to be that other guy for me. But, you know, at least was more of a wide receiver one than the wide receiver two he's been all season. Yeah, my belly up's gonna do good. Go ahead. Sorry, Justin. Oh, I said, do you want to go ahead, Chris? Sorry. Oh uh, yeah, my belly up's gonna be Dalvin Cook. It was nice to see him kind of return and be he- healthy out there. Um, he looked like he was definitely the alpha. You didn't really see much of Madison in this game. And Dalvin Cook's back to being the star that he is. Uh, CD Lamb, uh, amazing game, uh, coming off of a, a good week, but before that, he had a three-week stretch where he was just kind of. Um, another guy on the field. But last week he kind of lived up to his potential and he really stepped up and was the number one receiver for that team. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, on to belly flops, who mine uh, will be Rondale Moore. Again, he was starting to get to that point where he was in that 50-50 with Kirk and almost starting to pass him because he was getting carries and getting all this fun usage. And then this week was back to really only being in there for four wide receiver sets. 
So, you know, you hate to see it because he's got a ton of talent. Uh, he's going to be an electric playmaker for a long time, I think, but, you know, just not there yet. My belly flop's going to go to the entire Chargers offense. Um, nobody produced what you thought they were going to versus Ravens team since has struggled all year, especially after watching Carson Wentz light them up. Uh, Mike Williams didn't do anything. Keenan Allen struggled. Austin Eckler was terrible in running game, especially. Justin Herbert was held under 200 yards. So I go with the whole Chargers offense is in my belly flop. <laughs> uh, you, you took it. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, this was, you know, the first half looked good for him, and the second half was just absolutely atrocious. It went, it was literally a tale of like what you thought his season could be, like very solid, and then what his season really is, and that's just terrible. Um, he's lacking arm strength. Uh, the only person that's going to get a lot of talent or a lot of catches in that offense is Deontay Johnson. Uh, they kind of wasted Claypool in the slot, but yeah. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to move on to some waiver and uh, just general roster move recommendations. Before we do that, we have a word from our sponsor, MyBookie. When it comes to gambling, you always want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. And that's why I always bet with MyBookie. At MyBookie, you can bet on all your favorite sports with exclusive promotions, contests, and more to find your winning bet. Right now, when you make your first deposit with MyBookie, you'll instantly receive double your first deposit. It's easy. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag, sign up, and use my promo code BELLYUPFANTASY, and mybookie will double your first deposit instantly up to $1,000. How's that for fast money? Use your extra funds to bet on this week's biggest games, including the battle between the Chiefs and the Titans, where airmail offense takes on smash-mouth football. Look for the score to run up quickly. Maybe bet the over. This promotion is only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Head up to mybookie.ag and use my promo code BELLYUPFANTASY and secure your double deposit bonus today. That's promo code BELLYUPFANTASY so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. All right, so again, we're going to move on to the roster shakeup portion of the show. So um, we can just start with our, our one waiver. And I'm just going to offer a general advice tip, not a specific player. Um, so last week I said, you know, watch for these guys coming off of injury. Now I'm going to tell you, pay attention to who people are dropping for bye weeks. Um, you're going to see some names who are going to be very, very interesting coming up. You know, people get desperate. You know, they've got maybe didn't plan ahead and they have a, like half their roster are, uh, you know, have the same bye week. So just these next couple of weeks, be sure to pay attention not only to who's getting added and who's in the pool um, today, you know, that, that you'll get tomorrow on Wednesday. But after that, make sure you, you're watching to see who's getting dropped so you can potentially get some free value um, from guys who probably should have never should have never been dropped but are dropped out of desperation to, you know, get some points in the meantime. Chris? Uh, yeah, I would go with Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I think that this guy is, is going to be utilized more often than not. They have a great um, run coming up of games starting off with the Jets this week. You saw him kind of taking over that Bruce uh, a Bolden role, I should say, not Bruce Bolden, but uh, Bolden's role. Um, he was Bolden really wasn't involved in the past game like he had been in the first few weeks. Really wasn't touching the ball, and I think Armando Stevens he had some kind of he had some errors, pass protection, which you kind of worry about, you know, in the Belichick offense. But overall, he looks good out there, and I think he's somebody that you need to roster sooner than later. Um, so I'll actually give a piece of advice too. 
Um, this is just with all the injuries piling up and people heading to the, the IR, start talking with people about making trades that can be beneficial to you in the long run. Uh, if you have a good team going right now and you see Nick Chubb out there and he's injured, he's already pretty much locked in as not playing. Go talk with the owner and be like, hey, let me get you this guy. He'll play in your roster. You'll get this week, you know, try and lowball it a little bit and see about getting long-term value. You could also do that for Mike Thomas. You could also do that for Kareem Hunt. There are a number of people that have gone on the IR. I don't think you're going to get CMC, but you can do it for them. I've seen a couple of crazy deals for CMC, not in my leagues, but uh, on the social medias. And uh, I think Michael Thomas is a good one because I think a lot of uh, Michael Thomas rosters are going to be very disenfranchised after potentially eyeing this after the bye week return. And then now it seems like he's a couple more weeks out. Right. Um, So moving on to my, um, you know, buy, sell or non uh, waiver guy. I'm, I would sell Cortland Sutton if it was if I had him on any rosters. Uh, that's not a him talent problem or, or really anything. It's just that he's been getting inflated because of Judy being gone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's typically not a ton of balls to go around in the Denver offense. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that this is probably his peak value for this season, at least in redraft. Um, so I, I would probably just sell him while he's at his peak. Yeah, I'll probably um, – if I'm going right now, I'm going after somebody like a DJ Moore or maybe even Odell Beckham who's kind of been like, you know, off and on this season. You know, DJ Moore has obviously been really good, but he's had a past couple weeks have been kind of a little bit on the okay side, right? Like maybe like wide receiver three side. So try and see if you can work a deal there. Um, OBJ, I know he's been a little bit injured, banged up, but he had – a good week, a relatively good week this past week. I think he got for five uh, catches for about 79 yards. So, you know, he's just somebody to to tinker around with, see if you can get him from cheap, and he might benefit you down the line. Yeah, mine is by low on Allen Robinson if you can. A lot of people are going to be down on him right now. He hasn't produced like you kind of expected to, too. But I still think he has a lot of nice matchups, and I think Justin Fields is getting more comfortable in this offense. Mm-hmm. The Bears can't run the ball all the time, and I think Al Robinson is the guy you want to get your hands on, particularly moving into this week where they play Tampa Bay, that questionable secondary. And with that, um, as someone who's on the other end of that, I, I roster Allen Robinson in a lot of places. Don't fall for the people like Chris. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. It's <laughs> awesome. All right, so we'll go ahead and hit a couple quick uh, previews for um, the upcoming week. Um, We can start out with Thursday. Uh, I think we've hit on a lot of the key points for Denver versus Cleveland. Um, How do you think that that this works out with, um, you know, it doesn't seem like Landry's going to be back in time for this week. He might, but probably not. Um, Baker's going to be playing banged up again, you know, the state of the running back group. What do you guys think? I think this is a game that if you can avoid playing a fantasy guys as much as possible, you probably should other than maybe Cortland Sutton, maybe other than Noah fan, because this game's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think both defenses are going to be able to feast on each other's offensive lines. They're both banged up. Um, I do like Javante Williams and Melvin Gord's opportunity versus Cleveland beat up, uh, run defense. So I think there's some value there. On the Cleveland side, we talked about Dearness Johnson. I think Felton's the play, honestly, because I think they're going to be they need to throw the ball more often in this game. 
but I think that's something that you kind of, this offense overall, neither team is very exciting to have. Uh, to your point, I believe the over-under for this game, and I might be off by a half point here or there, but I, w- I want to say it's a 42. Um, so <laughs> not exactly uh, – You can you play either defense for this, this this game. I can tell you that probably wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad play. Yeah. Agreed. All right, so moving on to a much more interesting game. We just saw them in a really fun game, um, you know, uh, this past weekend or – this past day, literally last night, uh, the Chiefs in Tennessee. Um, you know, the Chiefs' Dennis defense is a lot worse than Buffalo's. Uh, what, what kind of damage do you think Derrick Henry can do that? Do to that? Uh, and honestly, with a, uh, some valuable quarterbacks on by, I know Tannehill's been a disappointment to many this week. But is he someone that you're you're potentially throwing in there as a, a guy to bring in off waivers, play for a week, and then drop? Yeah, Tannehill worries me. Um, he just hasn't been making the throws. Uh, he seems like – I mean, I know he's been kind of getting pressured a lot back there, but he just doesn't seem like he's uh, hes the guy we thought he was going to be. Um, hopefully, A.J. Brown's resurgence kind of maybe instills more confidence in the offense, and maybe, you know, that helps Tannehill along. Um, as far as, you know, Derrick Henry, yeah, you never take Derrick Henry out of your lineup. You start him. He seems to always be average. I mean, I don't. I want to know what he's averaging fantasy points right now. It is probably like a good like thirty five points a game. <laughs> this guy is going crazy. Um, as far as anybody else, I don't know uh, Julio Jones' status on this game, but he kind of looks. You know, he made an athletic catch, but he kind of looks a little bit old and a little bit washed a little bit. Um, you know, he's he's always been dealing with hammy problems, so this is nothing new. But, you know, he's just kind of a little bit slower. Um, Kansas City side, you start everybody because that secondary is absolutely miserable. Um, I know they lost Farley. <clears throat> they were down to Chris Jackson, who limped off the field as well. And then when they had uh, Borders in there, it seemed like they were the Bills were just throwing to Borders the entire time. Um, you know, there's – so, you know, if you have borders out there, there's going to be no respect for borders. Um, and they're just going to be trying to tear it up the entire time on that offense. So I would definitely think this is a game that will probably break the over for sure. Unless the over is like 75 points because maybe maybe it wouldn't do that. But this will definitely be a high-scoring game. Um, yeah, so you guys got anything to add on that one? Okay, so if that's – the case we can move on and hit um, well, it's Cincinnati versus a Baltimore. Then we'll move on to some of the primetime games. But, but yeah, we'll hit the AFC North divisional game uh, before we hit the primetime ones. Um, you know, interesting game. Uh, kind of, as you noted, the pace for Cincinnati is pretty slow, but the offense has been solid overall at the very least. Uh, and Baltimore has been very week to week. Now, the last two, they've been great. Um, but, you know, they've underperformed in some weeks as well. Um, so I, I'm definitely curious what you guys think here. Um, this is a case of, of a secondary that injuries have depleted, but they haven't really shown it as much as some of these other secondaries that have really struggled as the injuries have piled up. Did you see Carson went through for 400 yards two weeks ago? Yeah. He did not have T.Y. Hilton. So, yeah, I don't know how great the secondary is holding no, up. No, it's not great. I'm just saying it's holding up a lot better than some of the other ones that are dealing with the same injury issues. And, yeah, no, I think the one thing – my only concern with this game would be 
that the Ravens tend to be big brother in this game versus Cleveland. They tend to be able to blitz this team, especially with the offensive line still you know, struggles for Cincinnati. So there is opportunity to get some turnovers. They can make some plays and give Cincinnati a hard time. Um, but I, overall, I think you fire up Washington Cincinnati players with most confidence. You still play Mixon. You're still going to be able to, you know, you want to throw Jamar Chase out there, of course. I think T. Higgins is still a good play, even though the secondary is playing a little better last week. I think the norm has been that they've been kind of exposed, especially that second corner. So I think T. Higgins can kind of bounce back in my game this week. Um, and I think that you're on, this, you know, on the Baltimore side, of course, you're firing up Lamar. You're probably going to Marquise Brown out there with confidence. Mark Andrews, of course. And then you're just going to kind of wait and see what happens as a running game. Is it going to be Tavis Murray? Is he healthy enough to play? If not, then maybe you add a Freeman. Um, like I said, stay away from Latavion um, Bell. But if you do see Murray go out, I would not be surprised if Taysom um, becomes more involved in this game. He, he seems to be every other game he's active. Le'Veon isn't active, so maybe this is the active game he has if Latavius was to play. He's the most explosive player versus Cincinnati's defense in this, in this situation. Yeah, I would think this would be like a just one quick add on. I think this would be a good game for uh, Cincinnati to run the ball. Um, Baltimore's been having tons of problems making tackles this season. They've been just like missed tackle century. I mean, Patrick Queen has kind of not lived up to his uh, his draft pick because I think he's probably got at least seven missed tackles at this point. He also got hurt this last game as well. Add that to the long list of, of Ravens. Um... Yeah, so we can go ahead and move on to a game that I, I know um, is going to be very interesting for me. Uh, Indiana, uh, the Indianapolis Colts versus the 49ers. Uh, we'll be <laughs> duking it out, Justin. Uh, Sunday night football. Um, there you yeah, go. What's your guys' take here? It looks like Jimmy G will be the starter, right? Yeah, it should be. I'll, I'll let Chris take this one because well, we'll say, you, guys, you guys are the Colts versus 49ers fan right here. As it's going to be exciting <laughs> to see what you guys go with. Um, on the 49ers side, I, I think that you can play Jimmy G with some confidence. <clears throat> this Colts defense had a little bit of resurgence, but they also have race, uh, Davis Mills last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Um, I also think that you're going to curious <clears throat> see what happens to you. Hilton. Is he healthy? You could play Pittman. Um, I, <clears throat> somebody else go for a second. We got to pass <laughs> to the left, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think I agree. I think T.Y. Hilton uh, would be a good play. The 49ers secondary oh, yeah. is not something that I, <laughs> I'm very much afraid of. And I think Wentz is starting to perform a little bit better. Uh, on the flip side, uh, I, I think some of these uh, – I think getting a running back from San Francisco isn't a bad play. Um, you know, the the Colts have maybe not been the best <laughs> uh, against the run. Um, not the worst, but they give up – they've seemed to give up about a four yards per carry type of thing. They're not letting out huge runs to anyone, even Derrick Henry, but it seems like anyone can get four yards per carry, I guess is my point. Um, so, you know – getting a guy uh, in there for that situation. I, I definitely, um, definitely don't hate. Uh, Xavier Woods has really struggled this season um, all season long. So mm-hmm. I, I also think that the Colts secondary, especially on the outside is uh, exploitable um, as far as, you know, some of the San Francisco receivers go. Yeah. Good thing we don't really have a deep field threat. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I, I mean, on the San, I'll touch on the San Francisco side real quick. Um, I think the Debo will probably have a big game. Um, it it's really been interesting because I've been harping this for probably about five weeks now. Brandon Ayuk needs to get involved in this offense. He needs to find some way to get involved in this offense. He's just too damn good to not. Um, so that's probably going to, you know, that's that's the real thing that they got to figure out on that offense is how they're going to get more than Debo Samuel the ball. Um, as far as the run game, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, this could be an Elijah Mitchell game. Um, you know, if there's one thing to exploit, it's Darius Leonard's not healthy. You know, he's he's their best linebacker. He's the best defensive player. I mean, maybe DeForest Buckner, but you know what I'm saying? He's, he's a pretty damn good defensive player. Um, on the on the other side, I think this could be a good Michael Pittman game, um, as well as T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton can definitely stretch the field, but Pittman's a really good possession receiver who's pretty fast himself. So I think that, you know, you add that in with, you know, an atrocious secondary at this point, um, it could be a very, like, viable day for them. The one thing that I will say that the 49ers could bring to the occasion that will be disruptive is the pass rush. I think the pass rush could give Carson Wentz some trouble, especially with the Colts still kind of recovering, even though they've looked a lot better on the offensive line, they're still kind of recovering, not a hundred percent. So it could be a good game for Nick Bosa, maybe Eric Armstead. Um, I know their defensive tackles are always just kind of in the mix. Um, but yeah. I, I worry that this could be a low scoring game. Very low um, just because it's strength v strength, essentially. I think they're both uh, physical. Go, yeah, exactly. They're both physical. Um, the Colts are going to want to run the ball, especially because of that pass rush. But also the 49ers are at least uh, historically solid against the run. Um, yeah. Likewise, I think the 49ers are going to want to <laughs> try to run the ball. Yeah. But historically, the Colts are pretty good against that. And, and this season, they've, again, like I said, been kind of giving up about four yards per carry. But – um, they're not giving up a ton of big, big runs. Um, yeah, I don't see this being any kind of shootout by any means. Uh, Chris, you can you speak yet? <laughs> so, yeah, sorry guys, but fighting some sniffles over here. Um, yeah, I think you guys kind of hit the nails on the head. For me, the big thing also to consider about the running back position for 49ers is Hasty supposed to return this week. He did steal some of the opportunity for Elijah Mitchell, especially in the passing game. So that might limit Elijah Mitchell's upside a little, a little bit. But you guys talked about, you know, the Colts being good against the run. They're good up the middle against the run. That's why Buckner is one of the guys. You can attack them on the edges, particularly with the edge liner not being as fast as he has been in the past and banged up or whatever's going on with him. So you can see when I think you could have a, a good game out of all these running backs because you're going to have Hasty and Mitchell, who are both speed guys, who can kind of attack those edges. So not a sermon week. <laughs> yeah, sermon's done. I think he's done for a while right now. Let's go ahead. Unless it's a lineman. <laughs> let's hit Monday night uh uh Seattle and New Orleans. Uh before we head off, we got um an interesting quarterback matchup back in uh like 2015. Um <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I, I've been harping on it on, on my social media for a while. I think this is the first week of a run where Jameis Winston can really do some damage. Um, he's got coming up Seattle, then Tampa Bay, 
then Atlanta, then Tennessee, a bunch of piss poor secondaries back to back to back to back. Um, if they're ever going to start passing the ball, um, this is the time where they're going to do it because it's a lot of teams that are at least okay against the run, but are very bad against the pass. So I feel like I just watched this game Sunday night, um, the, the Pittsburgh-Seattle <laughs> game. I think it's going to be very similar in a lot of ways. And I expect the statistics to be very similar as well. I think the one thing that's going to be really interesting is going to be, can you know DK kind of beat Stephon Gilmore's coverage? Is he going to be able to get down the field enough to be productive? I think you're definitely going to start whoever the running back is going to be starting for Seattle, whether it's Alex Collins, whether it's going to be somebody else, or Rashad Penny, or whoever they have to start right now with Alex Collins kind of banged up. Um, I think on the other side, New Orleans, I, I wanted to agree with you. I want Jameis to take off. I just still have really you know questions about overall, especially this offensive line has not been as good as it typically is. Mm-hmm. And Sean Payton just seems to not really – want to push the pace in any kind of way. So I can see this game kind of being the uglier game as a result of that. Alvin Kamara, of course, is a must start. The guy, if I'm going to play anybody on the Saints offense, would probably actually be Marquez Callaway. He had like nice two weeks, the last two weeks. You know, his touchdown he had last week was kind of a fluke, um, or a week before, I should say, but he did have eight targets. So if anybody I kind of want to play from this game that's maybe a wild card, it'd be Callaway. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll just throw in there. Um it's Deontay Harris. Dude's been literally like lightning in a bottle. I mean, you know, is it is it a flash in the firing pan or is it for real? Um, this guy seems to catch one ball for 79 yards every other game and get a touchdown. So I, if there's any time for it, I think this secondary is very exploitable, especially with Jamal Adams playing a lot of up and playing a lot of blitzes now. I think there's a good chance that, you know, he could catch a short pass and take it because he just has that breakaway speed. We've seen him get used in the screens a lot. You know, he had one game where he was just catching nothing but screen passes, but he was catching them and putting them, and he was pushing it for 10 yards every single time. So, you know, there's one guy that you kind of want to just throw a dart at if you have a bye week option. option. You know, I wouldn't say he'd be a bad option. All right, guys. Well, unless there's anything else to add on that game, then that'll be the show. Um, Chris, what do you? Uh, what's the Belly Up MDF show uh, doing this week? So it'll be on Wednesday evening with our new night. Um, we started last week with our new schedule. We'll be covering the one o'clock games. We'll actually be previewing the Thursday game first, and then covering the early one o'clock games, kind of going through the matchups, similar to what we just did, and kind of breaking it down for everybody. Who should play? Who should you not play? And kind of what you want to watch for. All right, awesome. And then Justin, you you releasing anything this week? Uh, yep. Weekly starts and sits. Um, I just got started on the uh, DFS last week, so I'm going to continue that this week. Awesome, awesome. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for wa- watching, listening. Uh, however you consumed our content, uh, we appreciate you. Have a fantastic one. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. 
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.